Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Guys, welcome to the greatness between I'm your host, Darius Mershazadeh, and my gosh, do I have a special guest for today. We got my man, John Roman. What's up, brother? Dude, I'm so happy to be hanging with you. Any day with Darius is a good day. We are the greatness machine, and we're all about bringing together change makers who are living their passions to create greatness in the world. And my man, John Roman, is neither short of passion nor greatness. Um, I like to write my own little ditty bios for people. So do you mind if I uh, give you my version of you? I can't wait to hear this. You know, I, I'm, I'm fairly gracious when I do it, but I was like, dude, father, husband, entrepreneur, CEO, podcaster, ultra marathoner, humanitarian, founder of Front Row Foundation back in 05 current founder and CEO of Front Row Dads, uh, author of the best-selling book, Front Row Factor, and just an all-around freaking badass who believes in the power of relationships. My man, John Roman, is here. Dude. Oh. Hey, that might be the best intro ever. That was tight. Dude, it's direct. It just kind of gets right to it. Boom. I just I, I, I might I, take I, that. Can I take that and, and bring that to Front Row Dads podcast? Here, here, here. Hold on. I'm going to email it to you right now so you don't have any excuses. I, I kind of uh, winged it a little bit, but here, it's in your inbox now. There you I go. might even just clip that and use that as the intro to my podcast. <laughs> That's it. So I, I, go, I go on your podcast and it's funny, like, I don't know if you're like this, but when I do shows, like, I kind of like to listen to myself afterwards. Do you do that? All the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. 100%. I've yet to disappoint myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and not only that, so, so I, I, I'm a, a big fan of me. And so I do your show and I swear to God, I think I've listened to your show 10 times. I was like, that was such a freaking awesome experience. And, and there's some really funny parts and some pretty personal stuff in there too. But um, I had so much fun with you on your show and I was like, oh, I got to have Roman on my show. So here we are, man. 
you have, by the way, a kick-ass show and podcast and a community. I can't wait to talk about it, but you got so many cool things going on. Um, so I want to go straight to the Karate Kid. So you don't know this about me. Um, you do know I like the Karate Kid. You don't know another the Karate Kid song story. So my brother, I have a twin brother. You knew that, right? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so I have a twin brother. And my twin bro, now, when you have a twin brother and you're growing up and you grow up and your favorite movies are Rocky, Karate Kid, like every movie about the underdog kicking someone's ass, and you have a twin brother who's watching those shows, movies with you, what do you think you do when those movies are done? Like, <laughs> fight? You go at it? Dude, you go and fucking fight. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Like, like, literally, like, like back and in L.A. where I grew up, there's this there's a channel called KTLA. And every year they would do like the Rocky Balboa Marathon, where every night it would be like a new Rocky movie. And so I'd be like 12 and I'm like, we watch Rocky 1 and then we go out front and fight. Next night on Tuesday, we watch Rocky two. We go in the backyard and just throw down. And like literally, we do this. Like this is I grew up fighting with my brother. Either after watching WWF, watching a Rocky movie, watching Karate Kid, you name it. If there was an excuse to fight, we'd go throw down and fight. So, so I was like, he's getting married, and I'm like, I was like, I got to do something to fuck with my brother. And I'm best man. And he's does this fancy wedding in San Francisco, and I was like, dude, I have, I know what I'm doing. I'm singing Gloria Love, Karate Kid 2, acapella at his wedding. <laughs> so, like, how do you do that? Number one. Number, and let's just be clear here. I know some of the some of the audience may not believe this, but I'm not that much of a singer. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I like to sing. You might be selling not, yourself short. Yeah, I'm like a, a solid five out of ten. Uh, ten on enthusiasm, five on the <laughs> so, and like ten on self confidence. But uh, anyway, so I hired this group. So I was like, all right, how do I do this? So he, he gets married at the like the I think it was like the Art and Science Center in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Huge wedding, few hundred people, beautiful place. And I'm like, I hire this ten person all female acapella group to dress up like waiters and waitresses. It's all waitresses, like so they're wearing all black cocktail dresses and they're just kind of mingling around and i'd start doing this speech and in the beginning of the speech i go listen i i don't sing and i i don't sing and i can't lie um and i tell and it was like this line i found from a best man speech and then about eight minutes into the speech i go listen well i did lie about one thing i do sing and then all of a sudden these like 10 women come out of the group like they're like kind of out of the fray and they, and they do like and i sing peter satara gloria love straight out of the karate kid the whole song to like 400 people. Dude. And this is all on film? Where do we go see this? Just Google Darius Mershazze YouTube on YouTube and you'll find it. <laughs> now, I did learn one thing. If you want to know a trick around this. Tell me. Don't, when you sing, unless you're a professional singer and people pay money to hear you sing a song, like specifically because they're like, oh, I can't wait to go see John Mayer. I'm going <laughs> to buy his ticket and go watch him. Nobody wants to see a surprise singer sing more than like a minute now. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I must have got like. What was the first moment you realized that? When I sang the first chorus and I got like the massive ovation, like they thought it was done. And then I kept going and I got laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> And you just watch it for yourself. Pulls the, pulls the plug. Yeah, Google. If you go on YouTube, do Darius Mershazi best man speech, and you will watch a. You can watch the whole thing if you want. It's on there. and It's fucking awesome. Well, I'm gonna um, do that. I'm. You know, I was gonna watch a movie with the kids tonight, but instead, we're just gonna do that. It'll be the best ten minutes of your week. Um. <laughs> so, dude. Uh, I, I sorry, I didn't mean to monopolize our first five minutes, but um, I thought you'd appreciate that song. Sorry. I love it, man. 
And dude, I, I didn't have anything to do tonight, really. So now I've got a mission. I, I, your kids will think it's entertaining. You should watch it with them. For um, sure. I, I don't think I curse or anything, which is unusual for me. So it's kid friendly. <laughs> now, the cool thing about it was I had a two year old son at the time, and I was practicing Gloria Love in my house probably 50 times a day for four months. Yeah. And by the end, there's like the, the, the stanzas where I'm like, ah, and he would like raise his hand and sing with me. It was, it was so cute, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. It's a link in the, in, the, in the chat. So you don't have to go anywhere. It's in the comment section. Dude, I wonder, um, I wonder what songs my kids, when they're older, will, will they'll associate with childhood. It has to be for me, like Dave Matthews Band, Coldplay. Like they, I think they grew up on Jack Johnson. But I wonder like what song they're going to hear when they're older and they're going to be like, that takes me right back to my childhood. Yeah. You what know, do you think's been played the most in your house? Like what band, what uh, music? That's such a good question. Um, you know, my, my, we play a lot of like um, a lot of Beatles. Yeah. And we play, um, my wife plays like a lot of like alternative rock. So she yeah. plays like, but like, I'm trying to think of, of, I don't even know, like Rilo Kylie and, and like the, the Rushmore soundtrack and stealing TV soundtrack. We play a lot of stuff from like Motown. So we're kind of all over the map. I mean, I don't play stuff that's inappropriate, which I, I'll be honest with you. Like I like like some, some good rap and hip hop and, yeah. but I can't play any of that stuff because there's a, <laughs> a lot of cursing. I, I actually think like my kids hear me sing all the time. So I'm curious how they'll feel about that. You know, right? exactly. Uh, yeah. you, you know what else? So my, oldest son he's like kind of a, a little drama kid he and i sing the hamilton soundtrack oh cool so yeah, yeah. The, 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 we, tiger's getting into uh he's getting into uh, music i just want to say in general he's getting into but michael jackson specifically uh, so dude we have michael jackson on our like it's on it's on repeat here in the house but it's bringing back a lot of memories for me too because when i was a kid man my first tape that I ever bought for my first ever boom box, you know, single speaker, single tape deck, you know, little, you know, put it up on your shoulder, electric style boogaloo, you know, break dancing, that whole band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Michael Jackson. I owned Which Michael one? Jackson, Men at Work and Footloose were the three tapes that I owned. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to go one and we're around the same age. Dude, my first record was Michael Jackson thriller. Yeah. Yeah. That, it all makes sense. Yeah. Dude, my sister had records and I remember she's three years older than me. I'm 45 now uh, as we speak. And um, she had the Bee Gees and Saturday night live and all that, dude. Wow. It was, it was some deep singing, dancing, like, that's yeah, man, that's a, those are some good memories. I'm so glad we're talking about that. Well, so I mean, when I was a little kid, I used to like this is when Alvin and the Chipmunks were pretty awesome. So they did like covers of all the 80s bands. Yeah. So I had, like Alvin and the Chipmunks singing D Devo Whip It Good. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> my mom, the first concert I ever took to, my, I, I went to, I was like four or five. My mom took me to see Alvin and the Chipmunks live. Yep. yep. Which, like, for like, if you ever listen, for, for you younger, like, millennials that don't know what I'm talking about, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas music kicks ass. So, <laughs> yeah, throwing it out there. Ask Pandora for a little sample. That's all. Oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> so, dude, you had a big week last week, man. Let's talk about Front Row Dad's retreat. Let's talk about, well, like, and then I want to go back and kind of give the audience some background on what, what, what it is, all these front row things that you do. But how was your week last week, dude? I was so bummed to miss that. It was so great. That's a dangerous question because I have so much to say about it and I have so many deep feelings. But ultimately, I think the biggest win is just seeing and feeling and hearing the uh, the connection 
and then the impact for the attendees. So we had an in-person event and we had an online event happening on the same day, which was in and of itself uh, a milestone for our organization, for our team, that we were able to hold two simultaneous events um, and and both of them, you know, stellar ratings. I mean, we're talking like a you know net promoter promoter score of nine point seven. Wow. These are, you know, these are guys that are hard charging in many ways, ADD. Lots of things going on in their lives, and they were they were fully present, actively engaged. The things that were being said, uh, the breakthroughs, and also the clarity of who we are and what we stand for. Like I, I could just give you example after example and maybe we want to talk about that but and and maybe maybe we do because i think that the examples that we came up with are great for anybody who has a team anybody who has an organization anybody who has right a community that they want to develop and yeah i'm thrilled i'm absolutely thrilled i got to the end of the event and sometimes i get to the end of the event and i'm like please let me do that again in another couple months because i want to fix all the shit i broke you know, and, and all the yeah. things that I have a long list of like, don't do this and add this in. Right. This one was like a long list of like, whoa, that worked better than we thought. Or, you know, there's always things that we want to do differently. But yeah. Well, do, do me a favor, like for the audience that's not familiar with the sure. front row movement, like let's start with front row. Give a little context. Uh, yeah. Front row foundation. Yeah. And then we'll go to front row dads. So yeah, the, the, the front row story. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can weave this together for everybody out there listening. They're like, oh, here we go. 20 minute story. But I'm going to see if I can give you a two minute version of like how we got to where we are. Um, then we'll unpack any pieces of it that we want. So if I go all the way back to 2005-ish. Right, I'm at this place in my life where I've got a corporate job, making more money than I could have ever hoped for, and I bought the house and the car, and I had a girlfriend, and felt like at some point there's got to be more. And that's when I started exploring, really deep diving into personal growth. What's possible for me? All of this is happening in the period of 12 months. So um, my buddy challenges me to run a 53 mile marathon. I'd never run more than three miles in my whole life. And all these things, like I, I stopped drinking for a period of time. I was just meditating. All these firsts in my life, right, that were going on. And I remember going to a Jason Mraz concert in the summer in Philadelphia. And I remember sitting in the back row and I looked down to the front and I saw this group of girls having the time of their life. They looked a lot like you when you kick off your show. <laughs> no joke. And, uh, and, and what I saw was somebody fully expressed, somebody who's confident, somebody who is stepping up and stepping towards the thing that they love, right? Getting engaged. And there I was in the back row. And I looked around and I saw a lot of people who looked like they were checked out and wanted to be other places other than there in that moment. And it just became really clear to me that same thing could be happening in life, same environment, same concert, same everything. And two people viewing life, like one is a spectator and one is a participant. And I thought life in the front row is so different. That's the first time the thought hit me. And we were in this period of life where we wanted to do something good for people. So it just spun off. I mean, we're ideal people, right? We're, in, we're entrepreneurs, we're creators. So we started Front Row Foundation with just a couple of people sitting around a kitchen table said, could we put people who are facing a life-threatening situation in the front row of their favorite event? Because that's what we loved. We love concerts, sporting events, making memories, telling stories. And we said, could we do that for people that are really facing a difficult time? We'd love that as a community. 
mm-hmm. launch Front Row Foundation and that and the whole charity takes off. Then we end up writing a book about the charity and then we end up going out and speaking about the charity. And all this is built around the charity until one day I realized that I'm pouring so much into the charity, I'm ignoring my family. <laughs> right? I'm pouring so much. I'm such a good moment maker for everybody else in the world, right. except for my own kids. Like literally, that's what happened. Like wow. it's exactly what happened. It was alluring, right? Because I had all this recognition and people giving standing ovations and there's a draw to your ego. Like I've got power there and being at home can be tough, right? Like I built this thing. Now I got to go out and speak about it. Gotta, right? It's like that, that, that lie that we tell ourselves. Well, I said, we got we to gotta figure out how to pour as much en- energy and effort into being a dad as I do everything else in my life. So I said, what's worked everywhere else? building community, getting people together, having great conversation, asking big questions, getting people together for a live event was my world. That's what I did for 20 years. I just got people together for events. 30 guys showed up in Philadelphia 2016 for Front Row Dads. And then it just took off. And it wasn't even supposed to be a thing. It was supposed to be me getting help. So I always tell people like, oh, I didn't start Front Row Dads because I had all the answers. I started it because I wanted the answers. Yeah. Now we got 185 guys in the membership and uh, the podcast and all these things that are helping men have conversations that nor- normally aren't happening at like a weekend barbecue, you know, or even with their buddies. Like, I can't tell you how many guys in our group say, I'm talking about stuff and addressing things and digging deeper than I do even with my own best friends. But that's just because we hold space for that and we have an intention set around it and it allows for that to occur. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life. Canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. 
But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. It's a pretty unusual thing to find. I've, I have been lucky enough to find it in one of the CEO groups that I'm in that we've yeah. been together for... 14 years yeah yeah and it and we go fucking deep dude we we, but to your point like it didn't start off that way it was a business ceo group and all we talked about was like business presentations and stuff like that and then as time kind of went on we just talking a lot but we all had kids at the same time we all got married at the same time you know like literally within one year like out of there was like nine kids born in this group yeah you know so so I got a taste of it. And now that group, like I literally, I'm getting off this call and I'm going to that group. And like, we got our, we have, I have eight hours of meetings with them in the next three days. Wow. And like, that's just what that's going down, you know, yeah. and we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, and like that group, I've just spent the past, I don't know, three months doing all their personal core values for them. Like, yeah. like, dude, like we're talking about, and like, it's a, I'm lucky to have it. And then what's funny is, is then you and I meet and I'm seeing what you're doing and I've, and I've gotten to spend some time with front row dads. And what I realize is, dude, we're all like, especially like, and I kind of get the sense of this, at least a little I know about front row dads is it's a bunch of Gen Xers, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, obviously you have millennials in there too, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot oh, that's of, right. a lot of us are Gen Xers, right? Yeah. So we're all latchkey kids, dude. Our, like our generation was the highest percentage of divorce. It's when parents kind of stopped beating their kids, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like we're the first generation of kids to stop getting beat, but we also got left alone to do whatever the hell we want. There was no internet, so we were all out there doing our own shit. And and there were, half our friends' parents got divorced. Yeah. Like that's not a very good equation to like get a to, like you didn't see a bunch of dads owning their vulnerability <laughs> right right <laughs> like like uh like zero like yeah. i don't i can't tell you one of my friends one dad i knew that did yeah a lot of our dads or our dad's dads were probably from world war ii or the vietnam war or of that era. my dad was born in iran in 1939 which is like being born in america in 1889 right so dude like in his culture like kids are like employees <laughs> right you know so the, like that is those are not good role models to teach. I mean, they are to teach some stuff, but not necessarily the stuff that you guys are probably doing. Yeah. Right? Which is, how do you show up to be like 100% present as a parent? I, I don't feel like that was part of my childhood. What do you, right. how do you feel about that? Yeah. You know, I, it's interesting. I've explored this a little bit about why is that? Why? And, and is that just natural? Is that evolution of humanity? Is that just also meeting our needs that we have? maybe it's just easier to meet our basic human needs along the way. And we have this space and time to evolve and, or is it just the, Hey, every generation should be better than the last. 
right? Every generation should be better. And, um, you know, our, what will our kids be saying about us and what will they be saying about themselves as they get older? I, dude, I think it's all fascinating. But what I love about Front Row Dads is that we think about how the pendulum swings through the past, present, and into the future. A lot of dad lives are about survival. It's like, how do I just get through this thing? I just got thrown this curveball. How the fuck do I get through this day or this week with this thing? And I get it. Like, I think all of us are there at times. But what I love about Front Row Dads is we're sourcing wisdom from our history. We're looking back over time and saying, where's the family history? What can we learn from the generations in the past about what worked for them, what didn't work for them? Because in some ways, they did stuff that was better than what we're doing now. We kind of lost our way. Right. And in other ways, we've found some things that they never had. And then into the future, like not just what are we going to feed our kids today, but understanding that what we feed our kids today affects, you know, up to seven generations, like the environment that we create, the health of their environment, the food that goes in their mouth, the what they're breathing, the water they're drinking changes their bodies in ways that will affect multiple generations. All the decisions we make. And like, I think that's what's great about uh, the community that I've found myself in that I've helped co-create because everybody's helped to create this is one that really is expansive in their thinking. It's not a group of just like, what, how do you change a diaper or what do you, there are some practical elements of that, but I think it's much bigger than what are you going to do this weekend? Do you think also like there's a different expectation uh, around what, like what a family unit looks like now compared to even one generation ago, I would say our, 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 let's use our dads, right? Like, and, and I'm in it. I'm, I'm not a very good example of this. I'm going to like admit something right now that like my family is like, I, I've not, you know, I talked about this. I've struggled to be a front row dad, right? Like that's like, I'm aware of it. Welcome but, to the club. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a target, right. That I think people are, you've got to fight for, but like, I have a lot of friends, you got dual income households. Um, jet, a lot of the times, in in a lot of these, the father is generally the larger of the two is like is the provider financially. Sure. Right. Yeah. This, this is not an unusual dynamic, but not at all. But here's the big but like when they get home, it it it's 50-50. Yep. You know, and, and sometimes it's even where they're working more and it's the expectation is it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we were kids, like I don't think that was the case. I think it was like go give me a beer. You and your mom can go do the house stuff. I'm done. Right. Yep. And I have a lot of friends I've met that are like, um, I'm expected to earn 80% of the income, 50, 50 of the kids. And like, they're just burnt. They're like, yep. dude, I can't deal with it. Now <laughs> you want me to admit something really fucked up right now? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't think it would really be a great conversation if something didn't come up where that was the, the precursor to the statement. All right. My wife's going to love me for this. So, so I saw this dynamic happening with people that my wife and I knew before we got married. And I was like, and dude, I was in the thick of getting crushed in my business. Yeah. And I grew up and I just said, Hey, I just want to, and we were just, it was right before we got married. I was like, Hey, I want to have a conversation conversation with you. And she's like, what, what is it? And I, and I was using an example of, of, of a family that we knew very well. And I don't want to go into who they are because it's not important. And I said, I just want to let you know that if that's what your expectation is, that we shouldn't get married. Mm-hmm. She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, if you expect that I'm going to go and like completely financially support the family and then roll home and it's total 50-50, like 
I just like, we shouldn't get married because it's not going to work. She's like, so let me get this straight. Like you want it to be like, I just own the kids and the family and the household and you own the financial stuff. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Like no expectations from me. And, and she agreed. She totally agreed to it. Okay. Now fast forward to like three years later and and that was the deal. Like we or like five years later, we had a kid and that was the deal. Like I was like, I didn't have to do shit. And like I did, I, did, I took care of my part of the equation, which was earning a living for the family and making money. But like, and I got to work as much as I wanted to. And when I came home, like if I don't want babysit after babysit, I didn't do anything. Now at, at a certain point though, something interesting happened. Like, and my wife is a trooper. She, she owns it, right? She was actually working and doing the house and the kids. And, and I was doing the, the building, the business thing. And at a certain point, though, like, I saw that it was not, what she had agreed to was not equitable. Right. I, and, and, I, and, I, and I was like, A, it was immature for me to ask her to do that. B, she still owned it because she's such a badass. But C, like, that was... I, I had I was pre-negotiating. This is my business side coming out. I was pre-negotiating on something that I saw that I didn't like that other people were doing that I didn't think was fair. And in turn, the situation was not equitable the other way around. And and the other thing that I realized, which is just my bad, was dude, I wanted to to, to take care of my kids. <laughs> I wanted to have an engaged relationship with them half the yeah. time. As much as I could give, I wanted to give. Yeah. And so I was pre-negotiating out of that arrangement when it was something that I didn't even know that I didn't even, that I wanted. Yeah. Well, dude, I, here's what I honor. I think it's great that you are bold in your statement. I think it's also great that you can pivot and change. I think that's most relationships. I mean, I think back to some of the shit that I said ten years ago, and I'm like, I just I just learn and change, and you don't you don't really know, but you're doing the best you can with what you have, with the examples you have, and uh, but a lot of people might think that and not say it. And that creates a different dynamic. Um, and what yeah. I've found in the group that works is it's never 50-50 never works. Yeah. It's always 100-100. It's like you give uh, 100% of you, I give 100% of me, and let's figure out how to both put our zone of genius to work in our family. And that might look like somebody going, like it might look like this, you know, in a traditional sense, a guy going to work and then the woman handling the majority of the kid projects, if you will, or, you know, the family duties, if that works for that family and both people feel like they're thriving, then that's amazing. Um, I think that it's like, you know, the way that I look at it is it's constant negotiation. It's an evaluation. It's constantly looking at how are you feeling? There are moments when I realize that Tatiana's like, you've got, or there are moments when Tatiana will take on more then she would normally feel comfortable with because I've got this event coming up and she just is like, I'm going to pour in. And then I, as soon as I'm done with the event, go, how do I pour into Tatiana? How do I, you know, send her away on a vacation with her girlfriends? But really the question is always what works for the family. Does it work? Is it truly working? Because that's when we know it's successful. Two people are thriving and the kids are thriving. Dude, I love what you just said though. A hundred, a hundred. Yeah. Cause I didn't have that role model, right? Like my dad was like a hundred percent, but the, on the family was like negative. He was right. just like, when I come home, I own the house, I own the living room. And my dad, which is a funny thing to say, right? Because, um, if you, if you, if you have that mindset and the only thing you like to listen to is Persian music and watch Persian TV <laughs> and your family is full blown American and doesn't like that stuff. Right. <laughs> that's not, that's not a very like fun household, right? You're right. like, sure. 
you know what you know what I have to yeah. say about that. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Exactly. I love what you just said, man. The hundred percent, hundred percent. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things. Pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment. And you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end. And it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's DariusScale.com. And now back to the show. So let me yeah. ask you a question. Like, yeah. what are the things, like, how have you gotten to that? And what do you do to try to fight for that? Yeah, the 100-100. Well, I, I can tell you if I go all the way back to the very beginning. So when I left my corporate job and I started this entrepreneurial journey, man, those first couple of years were tough. And Tatiana, you know, we have a newborn. I'm busting my ass to get the business going. And there were some really dark moments. And I share that with any of the guys out there that are just in that space. And I realize not everybody's going to be in that space. Some people are in like summer season and they're harvesting in the fall, whatever. It's like a great season, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, man, I'll tell you an embarrassing story because I just want people to know that, you know, now today I have plenty of money. I have plenty of time. I have built a thriving business. I've got an amazing family and I'm super grateful for all that. And I'm proud to say all that, right? Like I'm really proud of that. But let me just back up for a moment <laughs> to 2008 for a second. When we were living in New Jersey, I left my job. I bought a second home in Virginia Beach, thought I was moving into the dream home, happened to buy a condo a couple blocks off the beach in the middle of a flight pattern for F-14 fighter pilots that fly out of Oceania, the world's largest naval airbase. My wife got pregnant. We got we we were in this space. My renters in New Jersey started squatting in the house, stopped paying rent. Um, I was having a hard time getting my business going. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, and uh, and I didn't have a ton of liquid cash available. So now we're struggling. We're you know I'm 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 just hitting what I think is like oh man, there's a plane going to crash for the Romans, right? And it was Christmas time. And I was so focused on just saving the family that it was Christmas Eve and I was laying there and I realized that I didn't have any presents for anybody. Oh, no way. Now, dude, somebody might hear that and go, I don't care how bad things get, dude. That's impossible for me to imagine that that's a true story. And it is a 100% a true story. 
I was a bro. I felt like a broken man at the time. I just was pouring everything I had into like figuring out how to make it work for my family. Now, eventually it took off. I won college speaker of the year. I made a hundred grand that year. I made 200 grand as a speaker the next year. And then it just was, you know, it was, it was, it, it would change, right? Like things change, but it was a fight. Like there was a big fight for me to figure out how to make all this work. Fast forward to the today, there's a lot of things going well, but it's still constantly looking at what's going on. Just like we do in our business, like what are the KPIs? That's the thing that we teach in Front Row Dads is like many of us understand KPIs and core values and all those things for business, Mm -hmm. but we don't apply the same stuff to our family. Like we'll pour hours into putting together like a weekly staff meeting for our team. But we think the weekly meeting for the family is like, well, let me just make some pancakes and sit down and go, how's everybody doing? But why is it that our teams at the office get so much attention? What are your dreams? What are your values? Like, and at home, we're like, how are the pancakes? Like, there's yeah. got to be more than that. Can you take out the trash? <laughs> yeah, right, right. There has to be more. So then it's like, how do you not, like people go, leave work at home or leave work at the office, right? And I say, well, no, wait, what's the best of work that we can bring home? And you did such a brilliant job, Darius, of doing that with our guys, with the values, talking about how do we take what all worked at in the business side and bring it into the family side, right. like apply the same principles from the core value equation into the family. That's genius. But we just have to be willing to carve out time. So part of it is just, forcing time into the calendar. So now I used to be like, okay, here's another example, ready? A practical example. I used to say my best hours for work were in the morning. And I was trained as a young entrepreneur coming up, listening to Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, all the people, Brian Tracy, eat that frog, do the most difficult stuff first. What are your best hours of the day? And how do you get creative? So I remember telling Tatiana, my best hours are in the morning between six and 11. I need you to let me go create during that time. Mm-hmm. And maybe for a season that works, but not long term. Because what that says ultimately is my best hours go to my work and not my family. Mm. And what if I created a schedule where I didn't start work before 10 a.m. and I put an hour in for lunch every day and I plan to end work at four? Now it forces you to say, how do I create a business that fits into that versus building a business and saying, I'll do anything I can to make the business work. And how do I fit my family in around it? I remember learning that from Jay Pepizan about like the first thing he ever puts on the calendar is family vacation. And then he builds the rest of it. But it's just, a, it's just about, um, it, it's almost forcing a boundary. And we're so, we can be so creative. A lot of guys, Darius, in my last point, because I, I could talk about this shit forever. But a lot of guys, including myself, hide at work because we're rock stars there. Because we shine, because people listen to us. We get to tell people what to do, especially if you're the boss, Mm -hmm. right? Hire that person, fire that person, do these things, right? And people, it's like so sexy to be in that place a lot of times. We'd love to solve the problems that we have massive amounts of control over. And then you get home and it's like, my wife's not listening to me. And I'm like, you're not listening to me. And she's like, shut your face. And I'm like, I can't fire her. I mean, you know, like, nope. So, I mean, I can, but I don't want to, right? Like I can get divorced, but I don't want to. Yeah. And your kid might just go, no, I'm not listening to you. Well, and what are you going to do? Like, I mean, there, you know, so all these things, dude, it's, a, it's, it's really about taking the best of what we're learning at work and applying it at home. That's how it works. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey, 
Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, that's amazing. I was just thinking about how bad I am at all the stuff you're talking about. <laughs> but, but so am I. And so are all the guys. Because these are ideals of how we want to live and, and goals that we work towards and we fail at them regularly. Yeah. Well, fail forward, right? So okay. it's funny. <clears throat> you were just saying like when your best hours are in the morning. And, and I was always like that where I'm like, boom, I'm up. I'm like, don't get out of my way. Out yep. of my way. Out of my yep. way. Me too. Out of my way. And, and, and you kind of, you know, you get what you tolerate. And you, and to your point, you design for what's, what is a priority for you, for what you want, what you want to be a priority without question. Right. And then, so for me, I noticed what you were saying, just saying now you, I had a flashback to, I was in my CEO forum and like two or three of the guys were just like, every morning I have breakfast with my kids and I can't wait to take them to school. And I was just like, dude, I was so envious. (laughs) I'm like, I've been on the road 192 days this year. Yeah. Like taking my kids to school every day. And I remember I, uh, my first step towards this was I was like, every Friday I take my son to school. Yeah. And then I started doing it and I break it here and there. But I was like, no, this is a priority. Like, and, yeah. and like we're going to sit in the car and we're, and he was in like kindergarten and first grade. And I'm like, that's happening. Like, don't expect. And, and I was working East Coast hours on the West Coast, which is, you really want to screw your morning up, do that. Right? <laughs> and uh, and I started doing it and it just became, it was funny because when I wasn't showing up at the office at 6 a.m., I was like, I get anxious, right? But then once I got used to like, no, Fridays is like, I get to the office at nine because I'm taking my son to school at eight. And like, it just is what it is. Like, that's the boundary. I want to take my son to school one day a week and walk him to his kindergarten class. Yep. Like the other 80% of the time I'm at the office at 6 a.m. And um, I remember being surprised by this, by the fact that no one cared either way. <laughs> like, like I was the one that cared. Like yeah. no one cared what time I showed up. I had created this like fake thing in my head that like I had to be there at 6 a.m. When the reality was it just didn't matter. Like the yeah. world went on regardless of when I showed up. And And so I remember being super surprised by that. I was like, why is it this easy? And now I didn't do the right thing, which was I should have taken the school every day at that point. But the point was, was, was I had, it was so hard for me to do it. And then when I did it, it just worked. And what, what I always tell people with stuff like this is like, dude, life will always go on. You're creating these boundaries for yourself that yes. because, and a lot of it to your point is out, I think it's out of, um, I don't want to say convenience, but I, I think it's out of convenience to get this thing I like and want, right? There's a, this, this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not attraction, but, but, uh, what is it? Oh, addiction, excuse me. An addiction for like those shots in the arm, the addiction for glory, the addictions for people looking up to me, the addictions for being the boss, the addictions for winning. And then I come home and I realize, dude, I don't get it. 
Do you want? I think I told you this. I realized during COVID that I was just had distracted myself from my kids and my family for the last ten years straight. And the only way I learned that was when I had a complete and total. Um, what's it called when you're on a diet and they take everything out and slowly add stuff back in? Oh, I don't know. Oh man, elimination diet. Oh, elimination. Diet. Okay. I had an eliminate a family elimination diet. I had quit my job as CEO, so there was no. I couldn't go do that. I was stuck in the house, couldn't leave because of COVID. My kids were there. They couldn't leave to go to school. I couldn't go see friends because you weren't allowed to do that. <laughs> and and like I couldn't go do anything or plan anything to get myself distracted. And I remember having this moment where I was stuck in the house and I couldn't go get distracted. And I was, I was like, and my kids were like just hanging out. And I wasn't yes. spending time with them. And I was like, all right, dude, these kids are going to be, they got to go exercise. <laughs> And so I was like, all right, guys, we're going outside. And so, dude, I was like the biggest asshole PE teacher of all time. <laughs> like, and, 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 and so day one, day two, they both end crying. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. No mercy. <laughs> Put them in a body bag, Johnny. Um, dude, my kids literally both were crying. And I was like making them do stuff and they were hating it. Yeah. And I was like, and I just had this epiphany where I was like, I can't be around my kids unless they're distracted. And I'm distracted. And I was like, all right, well, for all I know, I'm going to be stuck in the house with these guys for like three months. And first of all, I was really disappointed in myself. I was like, this is, is this the father that I wanted to be? And the answer was absolutely not. And then I was like, all right, for practical purposes, I don't know how long this is going to go on for. So what if I actually enjoyed this? And the minute I t- turned, took that perspective, life changed. Dude, it's so, it's, it's, uh, it's work. It's effort, right? It requires, it's why our guys never run out of things to talk about. Because the family dynamic, what shows up in that space? I mean, how many people can relate to treating their spouses worse than they treated like the person who made their coffee that day? You know, it's like you go in, thank you so much for my coffee. I hope you have a wonderful day. And they get in the car and they immediately turn to their spouse and they just spew this negative shit that like we treat our spouses sometimes worse than we treat you know, the person who we meet at the grocery store. And it makes sense, right? We feel like, hey, our guard is down with that person or we can't hold it in anymore. We always are, we sold our, we, our representative showed up on the dating scene and then until they married us and we were able to hold back all of our <laughs> faults as a human until they just naturally just sort of pour out. And you put two people in close proximity, which is why my wife says that one of the six love languages is distance. It's space. Right, love language—the five love languages that swept the world of its popularity: gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch. Right, all of those love languages. My wife's like the sixth one they missed is space, time apart, distance. That all makes sense, but we sometimes use that. Uh, I use that as an excuse to not really engage. And learning how to have conscious conversations, learning how to fully get present with what's actually happening at home. So many guys uh, that I know. <laughs> tell me like things are great at home. And then I talk to their wives and things aren't so great at home. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like either a, you're lying to me or B you're clueless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's both. Oh, right, right, right. Both. Or you're lying to yourself. Hey, we got a question from the audience. How many members are, are, how many members are part of the front row dads community? Well, we have 185 official members of the brotherhood. And when somebody, so the, the podcast is free, but when a guy joins, they get access to a private uh, Facebook group, an online you know, resource library, like a learning center. 
monthly training calls that we have that come in all digs into our six different pillars, uh, which we feel is like, if you focus on these areas, these six areas, your, your family life will be taken care of. So parenting, marriage, health, right, wealth and legacy, emotional intelligence, uh, the, we, we focus in on areas that we know will help the men to thrive in all areas of life that it's a, it's a holistic system, right? It needs to all work together. 185. Wow. And you started Front Row Dads in 2016, is it? Yep. And I mean, I may be off, but it, I, it seems like you guys are growing pretty fast right now. Yeah, we're growing. Well, and keep in mind, I, we started in 2016, but that was just an event where I just got my my homies together, right? Like that's, that's all that was. And then somebody said to me, my buddy Tuan said, um, he goes, Hey dude, you might want to like get like some calls in between these retreats. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, let's get together with the guys for a call between every six months. And then, then it just kept snowballing. And it really wasn't until last year that I kind of went all in on it. I hired a director for the charity and, uh, stopped doing keynote speaking and now we're all in. So we're going about two members a week right now on average. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, dude, you have 185 members. That's, that's like, that means basically you guys are going to almost double in size probably a year from now, if not, and I'm guessing that 2%, if you use a growth rate, you are going to double in size because that'll snowball, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's all referral based. We're not doing any advertising. We're not doing any, we're not really doing much to intentionally grow outside of serve the men that are here. And then they're bringing their buddies in, which is working great because that also is like, you get the best guys to join when that happens. Yeah. Well, you also just hit that 150 mark, which is the maximum size for a tribe, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but my guess is there's, that's a critical number from a exponential growth factor too. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, it's funny. I, so, so, so John and I, we met in, I think August or July. Sounds about right. Yeah. And, and, uh, we both live here in Austin. So I get, um, I get to go on walks with John around the lake, which I think we're due for one of those. We are, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we get to spend some time together and, and, and you're, you're such an interesting guy, man. And, and I, what I find is like, this is an evolution for people to, self-actualize in, in their life and, and this having this community around such an important thing which is family and being a great father and, and this is this is this is really about how do you the way i see it is if i want to be the best version of myself i can't just i can't just focus on just me and not and not ha- and ignore these other areas of my life how do you, and it sounds like you're there too but like what when when a new person comes in like how does how does that like when you when you have a, someone that's coming in? My guess is that they're looking for something. They're hearing this is a cool group. They're sure. looking for something. What is your thought process around aiding in that evolution for the for the tribe as a whole, for new people, for the existing members? So I think you'll appreciate this, man, because uh, and this is something that I want to talk with you about further as we dig into the front row dad values. But we got very clear that you know it was about relationships, resources, and results for our guys. Mm-hmm. And, and that uh, we knew that relationships were the most important part. And when we dialed in on that, that, re- that the wisdom was within the men. We didn't want to position it like, we're going to bring you gurus, right? Like that the model is you join and then we connect you to gurus. No, that the model was you, you're all gurus in some sort of way. Like you've all figured out something. So this is about a brotherhood. And our main mission is to connect them with each other. Now, how we did that 
number of different ways. Oh, and this will actually tie into the retreat that I kind of teased a little bit earlier. So all of our guys, when they join, they can, they get into a band and a band is like four or more men, typically up to about 12. It would be the same thing as a, a pod, right? A, uh, however, I, I've heard it called a hundred different names, but they get into a band, man. And they start, uh, you know, that more intimate conversation, that deep dive. At our retreat, one of our primary questions was, how can we create more relationship building within the retreat? So when we start, we don't have like an hour of opening comments. It's like, what's up, guys? Welcome to the event. You're about to partner up and, and interview another guy. And now it's about crafting and, and amazing questions, right? Why is being a father so important to you? And that forces the other guy to really dig deep and to be able to articulate, why is this so important? What is the purpose and the meaning behind being a father? How important is this role? Mm -hmm. Things that we don't often think about because we're just doing the day, right? Every day. So we interview each other, right? What does a successful father look like? So many times also, we don't take moments to define things, which you've done so well with your core values, right? Is to define them. What, how do you define a successful father? Most people have never even taken a moment to do that beyond, can I feed my kids, keep them alive, et cetera, right? So, you know, that's a way that we do it. We, we create these relationships. We put guys into, at the retreats, we put them in what we call jam bands, which are these temporary bands. So you could be a musician in another band, but you can come together and jam out with other musicians. And that's what they do. And so there's four guys that partner up on day one. And their job is to look out for each other throughout the event until the very end. And at the very end, they go to a dinner and they're like, what are you going to do with this? What's the action plan? What's your one thing that you're going to put into play? Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these strategies that we have within our community to connect men to each other. When they jump on calls, it's not just listen to a guru. It is, which is, can be part of it, by the way, because we all love learning from experts. So mm -hmm. it's not that we don't have that. Um, we do, but it's very quickly about getting into communication with others as well and discussing things, conversations. So that, that I think is how we serve. Men want to belong. They want to find their tribe. We are communal beings. Even if you're an, ex, if you're an introvert or an extrovert, that doesn't mean you don't like community. That just is an indication to how much you want to be around people. But even introverts understand the value of a family or a tribe or a brotherhood or right friendship. They get that. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we're social creatures, right? And to your point, whether you're an introvert or not, that's just how you show up when you're in those groups. But it doesn't mean that you don't want that connectivity, right? That's it. Um, I, I fully agree with that. Let, let me ask you a question. Um, and, and we're getting near the end of the show here. You know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the things I noticed, and, and I know that this is a generalization, but I know that there seems to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial flair to Front Row Dads. Uh, obviously, you yourself are an entrepreneur. A lot of your friends are. Um, you know, like attracts like. So if you were to have a conversation with entrepreneurial, you know, John back in the day and give him some advice around how he, how, how being a better dad or showing up as a better family man would make you a better entrepreneur, how, what would you, what, what advice would you give? Mm. You know, I, I always hesitate to, to lead with advice. What I would love to do is ask that person a lot of questions. And I'd really love to listen to that, John. And I'd love for that, John, to um, have some time and space to really think, to really breathe into and meditate on or to journal about what these things mean. Um, but, I can, but what I do know is that it, what I would share 
that my understanding is if you look to, if you zoom out and you look to the end of your life and you start to get clarity from that place, right? Which I think a lot of people have done. And I think it's brilliant when you do is when you get to the end of the ride, like, what are you really going to be proud of? What are your kids really going to remember? Right? What, what's really important to them? And what's really important to you? Zooming out like that gives me a lot of perspective. And I would try to invite somebody to do the same as to zoom out. I would also remind somebody that, and it's been said a lot of different ways, but when, you know, my buddy Jim Shields says you get 18 summers with your kids, mm. with your kids, you get 18 summers. Uh, we have a document in Front Row Dads that shows how many days you get. And that idea of life being finite is something that I think is so important. So most of the business success that I've had has come by way of prioritization. What really is the lead domino, right? To speak the language of my buddy, Jeff Woods and Jay Papazan and all those guys from the one thing is, what's the one thing that I could do that by focusing on that makes everything else you know, uh, easier or irrelevant? Lots of ways that you can phrase that question. But really what we're saying is, what do we want to focus our time on? For you, it became about values, right? Like you set that in motion and then people know how to behave. They know how to act. Well, in my life, I just thought, what's the thing that's going to be the anchor, right? My kids don't need, and all the, I've read so many studies about how you get past about 75 or $100,000 and there's no amount of money that brings any more joy or happiness past that place. If you can meet your basic human needs, now, temporary pleasure, Yes. My buddy, Matthew Kelly says the difference between happiness and pleasure is that happiness can't be sustained past the, you know, the activity that's a pleasure can't be uh, maintained past the activity producing it, but happiness can. Right. And so when I think about, you know, um, when I think about truly living a life that, uh, that brings great joy and purpose and happiness and all that, I have to build it around my family first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. And if you nail that, and you bring all that energy into your work, like you'll, you'll be wildly successful. And if sometimes business has to suffer because your family needs you, so be it. But my argument would be is that if you dial in your family, your business, if done correctly, also skyrockets. Because a lot of the things that's stuffing you at your business is that you're using the lazy approach of just working harder and not the smart approach of putting systems and processes and structures in place and putting A players there and then just getting the fuck out of the way, right? Like in a lot of ways, that's what makes it thrive. Yeah. So that's my advice to that younger guy. And that's what I would talk uh, about. I love all that, man. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you just made a really good point, right? Which is, you know, because of what I just heard you say is, dude, if you're, if the excuse is I need to go be a slave to my business, then who's the master? Yeah, exactly. And, and you're, the master is your job. I don't care if you're the CEO or the entrepreneur, it's a job and you're the slave to it. And, and you're not, your family is not getting that energy from you. And if, and, and you're kind of, 
what I found for myself was I was kind of giving them whatever was left. And a lot of time it was negative. <laughs> like it was super negative. Totally. Uh, and, and then, you know, not, not necessarily like my intentions were, were to do better, but, but my actions couldn't support it. So um, because I was a slave to this, the dollar or the business or whatever it is. And to your point, like, like when you're dead or when you're on your deathbed, no one's going to be like, man, my dad worked 80 hours a week. He bought us all this cool shit. I just love him for all that. It was the best. <laughs> like like right. nobody ever. Right. Um, we had a guest on the show, Rand Stegan, and I want to get leave leave on this thought. I want to ask you your opinion on this. Um, he said, "Hey, imagine." He's like, "Darius, have you ever done the 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 shoulder exercise?" And, and I said, "No, oh, what's I, I had? I didn't know what he was talking about." He said, "Well, imagine you're sitting, like, right in your chair right now, and to your right is your mom, and to your left is your dad. You know, can you name their names?" And I was like. Yeah, it's like I can name my mom, my dad's name is like, and to the right of your dad or his parents, can you name their names? What's funny is I couldn't name my dad's dad because my dad's dad died. Like I had to go look it up because he passed away in like 1952 and, and I never met him. And I actually never met my, my dad's mom. She passed away two years before I was born. Yeah, but I did know her name. Because it looks up to your left. Can you name your mom's parents? I said, yeah, I could. They're my grandparents I grew up with. And he's like, all right, look, let's just say you could name your dad's dad, which that was a close one. Look to the right of them. Can you see their parents? Do you know, do you even know anything about them? And I was like, I, I had no clue. I have no idea what my dad's, I could barely name my grandfather, let alone my grandfather's parents and my grandmother's parents. And the same was true for my, on my mom's side. Like I kind of could name my grandfather's dad. And that was the end of it. He's right. like, that's only three generations, man. And you don't even know their names. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, let's forget about the, their stories. You don't even know their names. Yeah. And they're like your great grandparents. And so I went and I went and looked this up. You know what percentage of Americans can't even name their grandparents' names? Uh 50%. It's 33%. Yeah. And, and only one in eight can name their great grandparents' names. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. So like the point of the story was no one's going to remember you when you're gone. Yeah. And so we do all these things to create a fake <laughs> legacy that no one cares about. That's right. But we don't do what really counts, which is yeah. give, give people the stories and, and, and yeah. the love because that's how they're going to remember you, you know? Yeah. So I don't okay. know. Uh, yeah, there's so God. There's so, let's do a part two sometime, buddy. Let's let's pick up on legacy because there's so much there too. Um, of what does carry on. And I think that you need to be, I think people do need to be thinking differently about what's carried on other than your name, right? And uh, and your reputation. But there are things that do carry on into the future. And it has a lot to do with how we show up with our kids right now. And not only the kids that we leave for our planet, but the planet we leave for our kids. There's so much there. Hey, can I give everybody a practical, like actionable, like you could do this in the next day? Totally. Month? When it comes to to thinking about that legacy because there is some value in knowing your roots, like what blood runs through you, right? Like who are, you know, one of our members less is somehow connected to like, you know, the character William Wallace from Braveheart, right? Like there's some deep, like long connection to that 
He said, that's kind of badass. Like to think that like I have these, this power behind me and that, that this, this, you know, this guy, Chris Smith, who has a company called family brand was like, when I found out that my great, 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 great grandfather came over on this boat and built a town and did all these things. And like, you know, it just this list of accomplishments. He's like, I think I can pretty much just build a business, <laughs> right? Or, yeah. you know, there's just offer some perspective of what people have been through, what they do. So here's the action. Have your kids interview you on film. Have your kids interview your mom and dad if they're alive on film. Have your mom and dad, right? Like interview your kids on film and just capture it all. Never has that been easier. Just set up a Zoom call. My son, my 11-year-old interviewed grandma and grandpa. And I helped him tee up the questions. And dude, I learned a lot about my dad in that moment. I learned a lot about my mom and uh, created a real connection between my dad and my son, you know, that wasn't there before because they didn't have the tools to build that bridge or make that connection. I interviewed my grandmother before she passed away and I sent it to my mom and she was blown away. She cried. She told me that she learned things about her mom she never knew. And that was the only real interview footage that had ever been had about her life. So, you know, interview and capture that on film. And uh, if, if everybody starts doing that, there will be this incredible document of your life. And then, you know, for several generations where you can learn about people that are part of your family. I think it's pretty awesome. You, the, that's a great idea. There's a, there's a thing on NPR, I think called Story, Story something. Gosh, oh, Story Labs. Or that yes. you can do that, but that like that that that's formalized. Obviously, this that's an amazing idea. I'll throw I'll throw you a curveball, and then we'll 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 get wrapped up here. When my son, my first son, was born, I decided I would be interviewing my kids, and this is right when the iPhone. So I have literally like ten years of every month or two, I interview them. Oh, that's so good, man! And I've been doing it since so my good. since my son was literally like couldn't talk. Dude, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I would recommend all parents to do that because I I'll tell you what, dude, it's so awesome to watch when he couldn't. Talk <laughs> yeah. like, What's up, man? How are you doing? And he's like, huh? <laughs> that's so good, man. And um, well, brother, dude, part two is for sure happening. Uh, I knew an hour wouldn't cut it for us. Thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. This has been incredible. Oh, thank you, Darius. I love the work that you're doing. I appreciate your you know bringing the core values equation to front row dads. Yeah. Um, I wrote out, did I tell you I wrote out my family values? No. Dude, I wrote them out. I have them. I was going to share it with you when we get together in person, but I really sat down and I wrote them out. I, I was judging myself a lot. I'm like, these aren't as cool as Darius's, but I was like, I got, I got motion going and, yeah. um, and it was very powerful. And we had a great conversation, follow up to your training call with our guys. And that's so, amazing. Man. Thank you. Uh, well, I love it. Why, why don't we do this? Let's tell everyone where they can find you. We'll get it wrapped up here and um, get you on your way. Yeah. Uh, anybody wants to connect frontroadads.com or just go find Front Road Ad podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. Um, love to connect with you. If you are dad, know a dad. If you resonate with the idea of being a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family, then we might be a tribe that you can give to and get from. Yeah, guys, check it, check it out. Frontrowdads.com. Amazing. And if you really want to um, have a, I don't know, an hour of your time after the show and want to just sit down and laugh your ass off, listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, please do. man. <laughs> that was like, like, it's literally like Dave Chappelle entertaining. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, dude, brother, so much gratitude, man. Having you on. 
we're going to have to schedule part two of this because um, I would love to us to d- dive really deep into your family values and dive into uh, some talk about legacy because that's uh, uh, we'll take it offline, but I want to do it online too. Um, I want to tell you some thoughts I have around this. Cool. So, um, guys, Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so much fun. I knew that I've been looking forward to this since, since we booked it. Uh, so guys, we'll have John back on again and we could chop it up and have some more fun. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, I think we. I think we, we're only doing. You're my first week where I'm only having one guest a week. This is just started. This is like new for me. I'm like, I'll see you guys to next week. <laughs> uh, what a great week! What an amazing guest. Love what you're doing, brother. Um, guys, check it. If you're not signed up, sign up for the show at the Real Darius M on Facebook. Go to my website, therealdarius.com. You can sign up for all the social and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And dude, buy the book if you haven't bought the book yet uh core value equations and if you have please give me a review i'm trying to build those up but that said so much fun john stay on i want to talk to you for a quick second you guys love you can't wait to see you guys next week we got some great guests you are listening to the greatness machine and that's a wrap for today listen if you love what you heard subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.